Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Pod, pod, pod Diva. This is Pod Diva. If you're an LGBTQIA plus woman or non-binary person, this is your weekly podcast. I'm Rachel Shelley. This week's interview... Needs no introduction. It's like a Christmas miracle. And when you finish listening to this podcast, go out and grab yourself a copy of Diva magazine to hear more. Pod Diva. And it's truly like a Christmas miracle because Laurel's in green and I'm in red. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look at that canada texas and london i know yeah oh my goodness and jennifer's up the earliest yeah yeah that's fine that's fine i've got my tea my dolly parton cup i'm just oh. gonna be slurping away have you listened to the dolly parton podcast there's a podcast so good it's so clever you think it's gonna be inane it's so deep. It's really worth a oh, listen. Oh, no, Dolly Parton is not inane. Like, Dolly Parton is profound. Dolly Parton is like a Buddha come to earth to help us all. <laughs> we see, I didn't know that. And that, and now I do. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, so talented. Amazing. Thank you so much. Diva listeners and diva readers are so excited and have been. The buzz has been enormous around the grand climax to this love story that's been going on for almost 20 years. That's amazing. I, I mean, that's got to be some sort of record on TV, <laughs> I would have thought. Isn't it? I don't know. I know, and you're an integral part of that. Well. Miss Helena. Yeah. I'm so sorry that Miss Helena wasn't at the wedding. I know, and I bought a hat and everything. I mean. I think, yeah. And Peggy. I really wanted Peggy at yes, the wedding. Yes, it would have been so much fun. I mean. It looked like it was an amazing, fun... I mean, it looked like one of those episodes. Were you guys just laughing all night? Was it one of those night shoots where you thought you were going to lose your mind from laughing? How was it? It was a night shoot. Yeah, it was a night <laughs> shoot. And, and what was yeah. great was to have Leisha directing, right? Yeah. Like, that was really fun. She did a great job. It was brilliant. She did a great job. Yeah. 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 That was special. That was really fun. I think there's some kind of magic to... I mean, with Kate and Leisha directing the last two to like look up and to see someone that's part of the family and that knows you and knows your character so well and has a very like clear idea and background of like how everything becomes authentic and what the truth is. And th that's something yes, kind yes. of amazing. Yeah, just some, you look up and there's someone that you can trust implicitly yeah. and it makes it easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you could see that. Yeah. But it did feel very connected. It felt very, can I say this? It felt like old school L word for me as a viewer. Yeah, it felt like the OG. The old guard. <laughs> How do you feel about that? You know, this all this talk about the OG. It doesn't really resonate with me because I, I want 
a cast to feel like an ensemble. And and as soon as you say, oh gee, there's a there's a demarcation, yeah, and true. and and I would rather have everybody just be part of one story that we're trying to tell. So it's that's it's tricky for me. I appreciate the the fans, um, the honorific in a way. But when you're on set, like I just I just want everybody to be more cohesive. So have you guys uh, directed? Either of you? No. No. They asked me to if I wanted to this season, and I just felt like I, I wanted to just enjoy, you know, this journey because we knew what was coming pretty much, except for the – we didn't know the very end. We didn't know which way it was going to go, but, but we knew that these two were going to reconnect, so – so you wanted to be present for the performance rather than... Yes, I mean, because your first time directing, it's it's a big load on your shoulders. And I, I wanted to just focus on the acting work and whatever producing that I needed to do and instead of putting that on my shoulders as well. And it was it was a great experience. Like it was... I couldn't have asked for a better ending to the season, I think. I don't know how Laurel feels, but I, I felt like watching them walk away holding hands and being in their love and then wishing that feeling for their friends was just, I thought, I thought that was yeah. you know, a lovely way to end the season. It felt like when we came in in the beginning, it was just a lot of fun. You know, like the, the car, like where Beth's chasing Tina in her car. That was a super fun night. Mm-hmm. We were downtown. Oh my God, that was a magical night. And so there was like, it was like fun, fun, fun. And then towards, I mean, and then in the middle of this whole journey, I actually saw you because I went to Europe. <laughs> and, then, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we had this other part that was sort of more like grounded and uh, sweet. You know, something that was nice at the end. Yeah. Well, what's fun is that you, you go from this reconnection mm-hmm. and in the midst of that, you're, you're seeing them parent mm-hmm. for better, or for worse at times. And, yeah, and, uh, and then you circle back to their relationship at the end. Yeah. So that I thought that was an interesting journey. I was just going to say that I love the scene. I suppose it's almost like a double proposal scene, if we can call it that, where you both. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That scene yeah. to me it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And I loved it. The pace of it, it felt, it just felt lovely. And I mean, obviously hot fries and love. (laughs) You can't get a better combination than that. What a simplicity to it. Uh, Yeah, that's all Kate. That was Kate. Kate. Yeah. Yeah, she really did such an amazing job with that scene. Instead of making it this big, dramatic moment, it's, you know, these people have been together for so long and have been through so much to to simplify it, I thought was a great choice because they're, they're so living inside their love and their relationship that they don't they don't really need the fanfare in a way you know Kate did this thing with that helped me so much she's just like just you know throw it all away you know you're just eating the burger and which is funny because it was like impossible burger and (laughs) that's when I discovered how great they were and and she's just like like totally look in the opposite direction so you don't see at all what's coming your way and you're just throwing it out there as a, yeah, like maybe we should get married. And and there's this other thing going where you see like Tina's kind of looking to the left away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it was wonderful the way she shot it because when I popped back around, yeah, there it is. Yeah, absolutely. I loved that. I thought it was a beautiful moment. Yeah, it was fun. Because you kind yeah. of, you know, you hope it's coming. Mm-hmm. 
it's gorgeous. It was so beautifully done, so beautifully done. And it was fun to have that ring in my purse for the for everything for that whole sequence, right? Where everything's going down in the the auditorium and yeah. <laughs> the reading and the professor and and everything. And it's like, oh God, this night is not going to go exactly as I planned. <laughs> Yeah. Beautiful. Really fun. Where did you say that was shot? That was LA. It was Glendale. The fans will know better than we do. And that was night. That was late till like four in the morning. Eileen was on set that yeah. day, which was just magical. That made it extra specially joyful. Oh. Yeah. And I saw she was at the wedding. I mean, obviously. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be a wedding without Eileen. How was yeah. that, having her on set for that day? Oh, my gosh. It's a full circle thing. I mean, she's she's our creator, basically. Right. She's created Bed and Tina. And, and to have her there to see them in this moment of happiness and to be inside the story. When you look at her when you're working, too, like, you just look over and she's beaming because there's just so much she's smiling and just giving you like all this good energy it's just like a yeah yeah it was so much fun makes you feel proud yeah absolutely and you should be proud I mean it's amazing the impact I think that that season finale had just on the online social media (laughs) sphere was enormous so much to be proud of and such beautiful work it was from all of you it was just it was lovely I loved that last episode it was beautiful well thank you I noticed Tasha was there Rose Rollins <laughs> so how was yes. that to see her it's like time never you know has passed that's what it feels like with so many people in the original cast like it just you see them and you just sort of take up where you left off and she's so great and so easy to be around and so relaxed and uh just like when she opens her mouth and starts to speak, it, it felt to me like it was weird. It was like a oh, time hadn't passed. Yes. Like yeah. it really brought me all the way back to just being around her on set all the time. Yeah. And it was amazing because she had just had a baby. So oh, wow. Like, she's just like rolling with it. Yeah. So easy. Yeah. So relaxed. <laughs> and her laugh, which is was always yes. the best. Yeah, the best. And the, the two of them together. So Alice and Tasha, to see them together laughing like that was personally for me, it just made, I found myself, I was like smiling all the way through that episode when I watched it, just grinning. I love it when she goes back to the fire truck and she's like, I gotta go, I can't remember, like get the paper to write you up or something. (laughs) And you look at Leisha's face, look at Alice's face and it's like, what? (laughs) <laughs> she says, I don't want your number or something. She's... <laughs> they have such great chemistry. Yeah. 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 So that hopefully that's a happily ever after. Are we hoping? We're thinking for them. Sure. I hope so. You never know. Like what they, no. I mean, Eileen yeah. had tried to break up. I just learned this. Like Eileen had tried to break up Ventina for ages. You never know like what's in the mind of the. Yeah writer who knows there could be other plans for them but I hope so that would be my hope for them yeah and on online there was always this talk about end game Bet and Tina is end game and all this sort of stuff all these phrases that were circulating around is it happy ever after for Bet and Tina is this this the beginning for Bet and Tina is it the end for Bet and Tina what 
Can you? What can you tell I me? I mean, who knows? Well, first of all, they're fictional. Let's just start here. Um, what? Let's just make sure that's clear. Wait a minute. But, <laughs> but I think that, um, you know, well, but there's a moment when fictional characters become, they inhabit a real space because they embody something that is really meaningful, even if it's messy. And I think that if this relationship sh should go on, on screen that I think happily ever after is not that particularly interesting dramatically like it doesn't have to be explosive challenges but in any relationship you're constantly met with challenges and and you have to work on relationships for them to be successful yeah so seeing them do that I think would be interesting and seeing them continue to parent and the notion that you get married and then everything is great well there's <laughs> i think anybody who's been married knows that you <laughs> you it takes yeah. more than just um that ritual to ensure happiness i mean certainly you can touch back to that ritual when things are challenging to remember the why and remember your vows and remember to take care of one another but it doesn't ensure happiness mm. and so dare i say for jennifer and Laurel then, seen as Bet and Tina are apparently fictional. <laughs> um, apparently. Was this was this an end for something? Was this a well maybe this was a beginning for the spin-off show that I've just made up. I don't know what <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What's... I I have no idea. You you go ahead, Laurel. Rachel's gonna start like a whole movement. <laughs> I see this. I see this now. I can see it happening. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag it. spin off. I don't know. Hashtag <laughs> spin off. Yeah. Hashtag. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. That's a big question mark. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But I, what I will say though is that after the season ended, to see the outpouring of love and gratitude from the fans was incredibly moving and to hear them talk about what this marriage meant to them was really moving and uh, yeah. yeah yeah it was just it was really lovely a lot of people shared their stories on social media and it could have there were so many different stories you know stories of coming out i've had people share stories where they lost their long-term partner you know, a lot of stories, mm. what this couple meant mm -hmm. to them, what it represented. It's really powerful. Really powerful. Jennifer, I know you said once something about you before you got the L word that you were walking, hiking somewhere and you manifested that you wanted this long oh, yeah. love affair, that this story to tell. Yeah. I remember I was hiking and I, I literally got down on my knees at one point and and just ask the universe for, I wanted to be part of an epic love story because that was a story that I had not told yet in the projects I had done. And I didn't specify that it was a heteronormative <laughs> love story. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't bright enough to, I, would, I wouldn't have been knowledgeable enough, wise enough to ask for this specific love story, but the universe was and said, okay, here, this, we're going to put you in this story and this is how you will serve. And when it came along, I just started laughing. I said, this is so perfect. I can't take it. It's so perfect. And I remember meeting Eileen that first, in that first meeting and Steve Golan was there and like, like you knew that you were on a special journey, 
you just you knew that you're on a special journey especially like when you think about it laura like you were just getting married or had just gotten married when we met yeah right because you, you were we were talking about our wedding that was one right? of the things we talked about when we first met yes in our animals because we're dog people and so to end with a wedding for them albeit their second wedding but their first public wedding yeah um was seemed very uh, appropriate anyway I, I remember it was called earthlings wait what was it yes yes called something different and then it got passed around and I had a different friends read it and they were like, oh, you know, it's just going to be too sexy. I'm like, they were afraid. <laughs> and I read it and I was like, wow, all these female voices, all these different types of women all together. And mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. it was amazing. Like it was, I was just kind of blown away. And of course I was like... I'm in. <laughs> like I want to read. Who do you have? You know, and I read for Shane and <laughs> Tina the very first time. I think I went into anonymous, and I remember Eileen sitting there. But I knew I wanted Tina. Like I knew. I mean, that was very close to what I wanted to do, and mm. the right age and everything. And mm. and uh, I think the only reason I read for Shane is because of Two Girls in Love, and I had played a character that was kind of butch oh, but she right. certainly wasn't a player so I was like I don't think I can do this <laughs> <laughs> but and then I remember this was another thing like going to like the final test and Leisha and I were in the bathroom together and I think we shared like a comb and some hairspray <laughs> <laughs> and we completely knew each other from New York but not well you know and I remember oh, I remember seeing Aaron in that room too when I got to Canada, I got into the elevator at the Sutton place and Kate walked in and I knew exactly who it was. Wow. It's you and I had the exact same yes. experience because <laughs> my husband and I were in the elevator and, and uh, Kate walked in and I just, you just know, right? You know what character that is. And I'll never yeah. forget. As the, it was like a rock star walked in. <laughs> oh, total rock star. rock star. And then as the elevator, she got out of the elevator and as the doors are closing, she was like, peace. Peace. And she had like two fingers up, peace. I was like, oh my God, I love her so much already. And there you go. That started like a whole phenomenon. Kate starts this whole look, this whole oh my God. thing yeah. that will just go on. Gone forever. Yeah. Forever. Inimitable, isn't she? Really. Yeah. And during Kate's episode, the penultimate episode of season three, you must have been prepping for the wedding. When we when we started preparing for the wedding, like, you know, of course the vows are very important. I think Marsha wanted us to at one point wanted us to write the vows. And Eileen weighed in as well. And then we wrote a version ourselves, incorporating what we thought would be there. And on the day, we didn't think either one of them would have been the person to have memorized their vows. And so we knew we needed them written down. And and I asked to write mine in my own hand, so I didn't have the sort of meta thing of looking at someone else's handwriting. Someone else's handwriting, yeah. which is strange, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And Laurel wrote hers as well. And I got a little obsessive about this. I remember I was like, oh, and I want the ribbon to match Tina's jacket, you know, so that it's like <laughs> the line of this jacket. I got a little, got way into it. But I realized, like, the, there was something that was really meaningful to me about these 
these vowels on these pieces of paper that I wanted to keep them. And I imagine that one day, maybe we'd auction them, maybe we'd, who knows if they'd be like, end up in the family archive, I don't know. And they just uh, felt really special. Yeah. And there's, there's two of them because in film, you always kind of have two of everything, right, Jennifer? Yes, yeah, especially yeah. with a prop like that, because it prop. starts to get crinkly and and who knows yeah. if somebody loses it or... Someone spills something on it. Or a bit of cake goes flying onto it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but then just like, a, I don't know, like a month ago maybe? I can't remember how long ago. Laura's like, why don't we auction the... Why don't we auction the vows off for Glisten? I think you've mentioned Glisten too. Yeah. Because we both love this organization that's so great. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit about the organization? Yeah, they, they work to ensure that LGBTQ students are able to learn and grow in a school environment that's free from bullying and harassment, you know, and it's, Mm -hmm. and it operates under the assumption that every student has the right to a safe, supportive, LGBTQ inclusive K through 12 education. I mean, they do so much great work and, you know, gender and sexual identity are such an important part of how all of us really experience ourselves and I and I think about students you know particularly at that age when you're you're grappling with your identity period and then to make this discovery about yourself mm-hmm. and be in a culture that's trying to to catch up to who you are and how you express yourself to give those students support is I think crucial I also see in the states um, inclusivity seems to be pumped early into like the private school system. At least that's what I saw in Los Angeles, but Mm. inclusivity is not always pumped into the public school system, no matter what state you're in. That's something I find troubling. Yeah, and it it benefits all students. Like it it doesn't just benefit the LGBTQ students, it benefits all students. And I think as soon as administrators realize that, you're deepening your community then hopefully more more schools will incorporate curriculum that's LGBTQ inclusive. Because, I mean, GLSEN research shows that LGBTQ students who attend schools with a curriculum that's inclusive of LGBTQ history and events, they experience better school climate and, and improved academic outcomes. Right. It's so obvious. Like if you're trying to erase people, you're erasing your entire history. You're erasing your entire community. But they're great. They're an amazing organization. And also, I think if you're if you're going to school, and especially middle school, where it's super hard, and you're feeling guarded, every interchange between the hallway and everything, it, it's a it's not a good environment to learn in. No, you're not relaxed. And it's not it's not a good environment to to live in to experience yourself as a human being like it's 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 horrible so so they're doing so many great things to change that and so that's why we we wanted to auction off these vows and and benefit this amazing organization it's so important and i don't think that british listeners will be very familiar with this group i think they are american based no i think it's i think it's us based but they're doing amazing work it stands for gay lesbian straight education network so it's doing incredible work and i think it's been around it was founded by teachers in 1990 it's been around for a while and it's been doing a lot of great work as you said laurel across the board in all schools so 
you went to them and said, let's auction it. So what? when's this happening? When, when where, what? That's a really good question. <laughs> the bidding begins April 3rd. Uh, it's on Charity Buzz and all proceeds go to Glisten. Brilliant. So that's April 3rd, Monday, April 3rd. Go to www.charitybuzz.com, buzz with two Zs. All proceeds go to Glisten. And Glisten is the Gay, Lesbian and Straight Education Network. April 3rd, people. Diva. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So, when you were writing these vows, I mean, wow, were you digging back into 20 years of <laughs> of your relationship? How how was that? I can't imagine. It was so much fun. It was really fun to bet to be thinking about all the things that she loved about Tina. And one of the things that came up in my mind was how Tina is the person that all of our friends go to, either to dance until 3 a.m. or to tell their deep, deepest secrets to, because she's so non-judgmental and and open and loving and and that was really fun to remember was i was just remembering tina dancing with everybody i think there was like a pot brownie scene or something yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god i think i i think i ended up on your and bet's couch that night and jody talked to me under which i thought was was pretty amazing and yeah yeah loaded for me i think there there's the one part where i say that how bet stands in her convictions and it inspires everyone around her and that to me it was just the first thing that came to my mind yeah it's like the person that you want to stand next to 
and they're gonna lead the brigade. <laughs> like, and and there, I think that it's so attractive to Tina, and there's she feels like a safety and a warmth. I think when Bet is shining, like that makes her really happy. It's the yin yang of their love. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, and it, I think as they get, as they've gotten older, that yin and that yang has shifted sometimes you know like it's then there are times when tina has the young energy in the relationship especially this season you know it just it feels like it goes back and forth which which feels like a healthier balance in a way yeah there's a lovely moment in that last episode when you're in <laughs> in the fridge <laughs> watching <laughs> tina say to bet I don't like all this positivity. And I was thinking, isn't this strange? <laughs> this is a really strange conversation. That you know, She's like, really? It's making me feel really weird. It's really uncomfortable for her. <laughs> you know, there's whatever they're called, memes all over Twitter of the Bette Porter, the, the, the lioness that comes in every now and then when she... And ah. that's at the window. And it was almost like, I don't know whether... Leisha was thinking this when she shot it, but it was almost like that moment from The Shining, you know, when his head comes up <laughs> and he goes. <laughs> it's Jack Nicholson. Yeah, it was, a, it was a bit like that. And I thought, whoa. Get us out. And it was like, yes, go. This is how, this is how we get shit done. When we talk about Bet's fierceness. Yeah. yeah. And then Tina starts jumping up and down like a kid. <laughs> like, yeah. That's my girl. Yeah, she loves it. Tina's yeah. like, this is it. This is because it's not just a, obviously a fierceness physically, it's a fierceness of spirit and it's a fierceness of I mean, that's what we all know about Bette Porter. She gets shit done. I mean right, right. and how, you know? But so much of what that was was like you can't hide who you are. You mm. have to just have the balance in life. And when you don't hide anything and you embrace all those things. Yes, yes. That's the the like burying your soul in the relationship, like the truth of it. Like and that's what was so yes, yes. It was really fun about that scene. Also, I wanna go back to like the episode before, like they're they have an interesting co-parenting dynamic. Mm. Like there's one point where Tina really loses it and she's very triggered by the professor. You know, I think this goes back to her childhood history. She's super triggered and Bet kind of calms her, mm. you know? Mm. And and when they're right before the proposal, when we're just ordering burgers, like it's Bet that's reminding her, like this is who our child is. She's going to be fine. It's okay. And, and I, I think that you know, that's what parenting is about, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. there are going to be days where you get it right and days where you're like, oh, I'll probably not get this one right today, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. and, and yeah. when you have a good co-parent, they, they never judge you for those things. They're always saying, oh, like we're doing this together. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And yeah, like you say, the yin and the yang, who just walked in there, Laurel, and had a good shake. Who was that? Uh, uh, my the queen's dog the dorgie but there's a oh the corgi hello is that her bed yeah <laughs> this is the guest bed <laughs> oh my god so this cute. is mr mr mosley oh mr mosley the name came from downtown abbey i don't know i didn't name him my friend and but he's he's, <laughs> he's like an, he's looking at us he's he's really my baby dog he's a half Corgi, half Dotson, 
Oh, really? Lovely. <laughs> it was so cute. Oh, that was so sweet. Just came in and shook. I didn't realize that you could see him. Well, now I heard him. I heard, hello. 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 Hello, Mr. Mosley. Yeah. Oh, look. Oh, no. He knows. He knows. Look at him. He totally knows. I, Jennifer, Jennifer met him at my house a while back. He can't even hear us, but he can feel it. Uh, yeah. Yes. So cute. You know what I realized? I, you, we were talking about that, the scene in the um, freezer. Like, I was listening to Laurel and it made me remember talking to Marja because in, in an earlier draft, I don't think we had that moment in the same way. I said, let's explore why we're stuck in the freezer. Like, mm -hmm. because if we're stuck in the freezer, there's somehow we're being prevented from getting married. So what is the thing that we need to heal in order for the wedding to carry on. And it's exactly that point that you were talking about, about you have to be your full self for for there to be some kind of balance in the in the relationship. You know, that balance has to come from you as an individual first, and, and then you can bring that to the relationship. There were a lot of discussions about that scene, and we, you know, we all pow out a lot on that scene. Yeah. As I recall. I, I do. It, it, that scene was very important to yeah. us. Sorry to circle back there. We were having a fun dog conversation, but it was sticking in my I'm head. Sorry. <laughs> he was trying to get into the moment. Mama wanted to participate. You know, it was, a, I thought, a beautiful moment. Sometimes the harder the process to get there, the, the more amazing the results. You've got to hammer it out, like you say, but the, the result was brilliant. Well, certainly that process, certainly that process makes you think more deeply about each moment, I guess. Yeah. Collectively, instead of just on your own. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did you write these on your own? Did you sit together as Jennifer and Laurel and try and write these? Or did you go away and do it separately? Did you do it with Marjorie? Oh, no, we did it separately, as we would. As We yeah. did it separately. Yeah. But, but we began... During the engagement episode that Kate was directing, I mean, we began talking a lot yeah. about the vows. Right. We're talking to Eileen and and then I weren't we sitting on set one day and then Marja goes, I think you guys should write your vows. And then we were like, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it, it just kind of went back and forth. Yeah. And to whoever wins these incredible artifacts of TV history, really, apart from helping a really good charity, what, what would you say to them? Huh, that's interesting. I just, I just want that whoever, you know, wins these vows, that they know how important they were to us, how meaningful they were to us. And I hope that they bring them such happiness. Like, that's what I hope. Yeah. That's lovely. That's really lovely. Laurel, anything? No, I just, I felt such gratitude when we shot the wedding and just happiness. And I just remember this moment of standing under this twinkling lit up tree and pulling those vows out of my pocket. And like I had to fold them a certain way so they like fit in the suit that I was wearing and which was this gorgeous red velvet suit. And gorgeous. There was such magic in that. It and Jennifer's right. Like it needs to be in your own handwriting. They they the vows felt really personal to us. So I hope the same thing. Whoever ends up with them, they understand that there's so much magic in in those words. I think. 
definitely in the words and in the actual object. I actually, especially in a world that is just digital now, I think there's something even more magical about a physical artifact which is what it is it's not just you know it's an artifact it was there it was on set it was in your pocket you read from it you wrote it all of that it there's a history to that that you just don't get digitally and I think these are yeah they're beautiful pieces as you say for someone to actually hold Mm. beautiful thank you thank you for saying that yeah I feel the same way it's nice to be able to hold an object Mm. Open up the frame and take the object yeah. out if you want. Yeah. yeah. Put it under your pillow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, can I ask you what is next for both of you? What are you guys doing next? Well, I am producing four different projects right now. So, it's a lot of development time, which is fun. And just, you know, trying to enjoy my time with my family. I mean, I've realized during the pandemic what a delicious thing it is and what a rarity it is to be able to just be at home with you know my family in a a dedicated longer period of time but just in the interim and working on these different producing different projects brilliant laurel i am after the past year of shooting the l word and running a solo show in london and a group show in barcelona at the maritime museum it kind of hit me at the end of that that I needed to slow down. But I'm also, I have one child going to college next year. So like time feels very, very precious right now. I've been offered a show that was just going to go in Paris probably in December, but we're working on whether these dates are feasible or not. And I'm probably going to, instead of doing solo, do it a group show with uh, two of the female artists that I showed with in Barcelona. So that's loosely there but I don't want to say too much because I'm not sure if I'll be able to make that date work I think people don't understand it takes it takes about a year mm. to put a whole show together wow. at least it takes me a year yeah. <laughs> so, but um, I think coming out there was a moment when I flew back from Barcelona and I was like wow I need to slow down sure yeah and and I think COVID did do that to me too it was like just learning the value of the time spent with your family and yeah I hear that I also have like a 15 year old well soon to be 15 year old who has a very busy high level soccer <laughs> thing going on <laughs> which is a joy yeah but I hear you about slowing down like I, I I had that one year where I was the L word Boba Fett and luckiest girl alive and I love doing all of those projects and doing Boba Fett and the L word simultaneously was f- really fascinating but after the season, I thought, oh, yeah, I would feel the same way. Like, I need to just sit for a while and just be with my family and be with story, maybe in a different way for a little bit. Yeah. I think, I don't know if COVID did this for you guys, but there's something about refueling yourself for your own creative energy. Mm. For me, mm-hmm. it was like, I need to refuel a little bit and get re-inspired, especially, I mean, painting is a completely different muscle than acting, and it's a different way to Mm -hmm. tell a story. And I was getting to a place where we were knocking out so many shows each year, I didn't feel like I was uh, in control of the narrative of that, and it didn't feel as special. Mm -hmm. It felt more like product. So that's something I'm Mm -hmm. trying to restructure 
in my life. And I, I truly think that you have to take these big, deep breaths and clear space to kind of get creative again, you know, or even what Jennifer's saying, mm -hmm. it's like to, to say, oh, I want to do this in a different way. I want to produce. I want to have more control of this or, you know, it just, mm -hmm. if, I feel like if you slam everything together, sometimes there's not enough time. Absolutely. Not enough time to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough time to breathe. I mean, and, and it's, and it's tr tricky because there can sometimes be a thing where creativity begets creativity. Yeah. But sometimes if you keep doing the same type, it's almost like you need to open your mind to a different type of creativity to stoke the fire. Yeah. So sometimes I'll write, but I'd love like, you know, and sometimes I'll just go in the forest and stare at mushrooms, you know? Which <laughs> <Like it's... laughs> well, is the best. Definitely. <laughs> and, and you know, it's tricky. We live in this world today with social media where it's like, Where's the next set of paintings? When's the next thing? When's the new show going to come out? Or what? I mean, I don't feel the pressure because I feel old enough to know what that is and know how to disconnect from it and yeah. stay grounded within what's my time frame. But I do think there's this sort of instant feed. I see it in like the younger generation. I try to teach it to my daughters. Like you don't, you don't have to mm -hmm. go in that time frame, you know, of, you don't have to do anything like that. You can sit back and right. focus. No. In fact, the Greeks have two, diff two different words. Like in ancient Greek, there's two different words for two different types of time. One is for time, like as you experience sort of day to day. And, and then there's another time that's time that you must experience when you're painting or you experience when you're in a scene. And mm -hmm. the, the notion of time shifts or when you're in a meditation, I think it happens mostly when you're in a deeply creative sort of connected yeah. space. Mm -hmm. It feels like a different sensation, and it and it feels to me like it's connected to the divine in a way. Like it's a different sense of time. It's um, Kronos and Kairos. Oh. Those are the two words. Yeah, which makes sense. You definitely feel a certain high from it. The episode where we had the first kiss. Oh, yeah. And Angie walks in. That scene and, and the scene where we were downtown at night, I came back from those shoots just feeling that high, like feeling like, whoa, I love to be part of this storytelling. I love the story we just told. I loved the moment where Bette decides to go to Toronto and you jump in the car. And, and <laughs> that's the magic. And for someone that stepped away from that type of storytelling for a decade, it it was so beautiful to have that high back, like that feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But yeah, it was so great to have you back. Like it was, you know, it's just a different experience. But that night with the car was really, really special because we had the whole night really to yeah to work on that scene because and they didn't we didn't have to rush through anything and no because there was like a a COVID exposure hiccup in the schedule so. It was like, we got to shoot something. Let's just shoot this. Let's shoot this. <laughs> yeah, we'll just shoot it all night long. <laughs> it was fun. It was really fun. It was fun running down the street in platforms. That was cool. Yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen again anytime soon, let me tell you. <laughs> so was that one of those ones where you did get a bit hysterical of a night shoot? Well, I suppose if you weren't rushing, maybe uh, you didn't get that. No, yeah, we weren't rushing. Did you feel it? 
No, it was very relaxed. Yeah, it was really relaxed. It wasn't manic, like that manic cortisol yeah. influx of, from being yeah. overly tired. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Those used to happen more in the planet world. I can only yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. my God. And y'all the... couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Actually, the one I remember the most was when we were up in Whistler. I remember a night shoot there. I don't know why that seemed to go on for about three days. And it was, <laughs> I suppose it got dark earlier. We were there in winter. I don't know, but I think we were in a basement. Was it Carmen and Shane's almost wedding? Yeah. 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 Right. It was surreal. Yeah. I remember losing the plot completely <laughs> sitting there. I, I have very little recollection of that time, just because I had just given birth, pretty much. Oh. So I was basically, like, breastfeeding in the trailer. Right. I remember one night I actually got, like, a full six hours of sleep. And there were those stairs. Do you remember those stairs, those wooden stairs on that trail? Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. And I remember, like, running up the stairs, like, two at a time. And Sarah was there. She's like, my God, what are you doing? And I just said, I got six hours of sleep. I've got a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. So yeah, much fun. It was nice being with that group. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So tell me about the wonderful Jordan who plays your daughter. Oh, my gosh. Uh, she's magical. I mean, I love the original cast of the show. Like, that's foundational for me. But this new cast, there's there's just so much talent and positivity and incredible energy. And Miss Jordan Hall is like yeah. the hub of that for me. Like she's just magic. She is. And see, when you stand opposite her in a scene, oh my God, you're just, you're faced with this. It's just so much coming at you. And it's so full. It's so emotionally full. It's so thought out. And it's so amazing to be on the opposite end of that yeah she's magical yeah she's so present she's really present and and, yeah and she's so much fun to be around like just in between setups didn't we start playing charades yes for a couple of days we started playing we started playing charades we started playing charades because i knew (laughs) was gonna go on jimmy fallon right yeah and i knew i was gonna have to play charades and i really was terrified so we got way, way into it. Oh, yeah. We got way into it. So we had teams. And, and Jordan's very competitive in a really Jordan fun is way. so competitive. So competitive. <laughs> like, I've gotten much less competitive as, as I've gotten older. You know, I guess as the estrogen starts to fade yeah. away, like, I don't have, I don't feel the same way. Um, but she got so intense. I have a video of it somewhere. I think it I remember so seeing the talk show where you were doing, well, as we call it, charades, yeah. but... Yeah. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. It was so fun. Yeah, we were shooting Kate's episode before Jennifer was going to take off and do that. And so each day in between like setups, we started playing charades and Pictionary. <laughs> Didn't we do yes. like that? Oddly, yeah. went off into Pictionary. We, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. We did Pictionary because we got sick of doing the eighties clues. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, but they really helped me. They really helped me. And I, and I, you know, told Jordan, you know, I was going to wear this dress. She goes, oh, my God, you can't wear a dress for charades. She goes, don't wear anything that you couldn't do a cartwheel in. And I was like, <laughs> well, A, I think, I don't know if I could ever have done a cartwheel, but maybe. Uh, but, okay, advice taken, I will shift um, into a suit or something. I, um, <laughs> back to Jordan, I remember when Jen, when I decided to go back and she said, you have to meet the woman playing our daughter. Mm. I was like, wow. We did a scene where she had first kissed her girlfriend 
I love that scene. I still like love yeah, yeah. the energy in that yeah, scene. Real deal. And Jennifer was right. I mean, it was like, wow, this is amazing. Was it a long search to find her? Do you know where, or did you test with her? Well, they did. No, I didn't test with her. They did a first round for Angie, and there was nobody who was right. And Marcia was really smart about, you know, saying we need to cast somebody who's closer to the age of the character because it's just a different yeah. thing, you know, to have yeah. somebody who's twenty trying to play that age is. There's just there's something ephemeral right that you can't put your finger on that you, you need to have and yeah yeah I mean everybody just knew that it was Jordan yeah that second round it was just really clear no doubt for sure and she's an amazing musician too oh wow I can't wait to see what's next she's like the whole package wow so we'll be seeing more of her no doubt on our screens no doubt I just want to say and on behalf of all our pod diva listeners and diva readers and just basically the world, I'll say. <laughs> just want to say thank you from the world to you, <laughs> Jennifer Beals, Laurel Holloman, for giving us Bet and Tina. And I know a lot of other people make Bet and Tina come to life, but the two of you have created this amazing thing and they're now happily married and everyone's cheering. So thank you because it makes all our hearts feel good. And as Alice says, it's been a long road but it's just spectacularly happy. It's so great. Thank you. Thank you. I, I have to say that the L Word fans are the best fans in the world. The fans are, are phenomenal. I mean, it's really special. I've never seen anything like it. I, it's, it's just been an incredible journey. And um, thank you. Thank you. All right, should I hit stop on this guy? Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva in association with Diva Magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA plus women and non-binary people. Every week we bring you new interviews from a vast range of fabulous people, celebrating and amplifying the voices of the LGBTQIA plus community. Browse our extensive back catalogue of episodes to find your favourites, from Jennifer Beals to Abby Jacobson. It's like one gorgeous, glossy magazine in your ear. Please share, rate or review us. It really does help. You can find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can email me at editorial at diva-magazine.com. Pod Diva. Queers for your ears. Pod Diva. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.